all right, Rob, I've had it up to here. I'm done with these city folk coming in, wrecking my land, doing whatever they want. That anatomically correct life-size garden gnome has been in my family for decades, and now it's ruined, and I'm tired of this stuff. I am too. I mean, I'm right there with you. It took us a, like a week to put that thing back together, and now it's all shattered to bits again. I mean, yeah. come on. Vengeance is mine, and that's why we are here in this godforsaken cemetery, and Haggis says that if we look, we'll know exactly where to dig. Yeah, and I, I think we're coming up on it because I see a lot of rotting, weird-looking pumpkins. And I'm uh, thinking it's that mound right there. Do you see that weird-looking thing? Yeah, I do. Should we climb right. up it? And, and like, yeah, you get up and then lift me up. Okay. Me up. Hold All on. Right. Oh, wow, this is yeah. steeper than it looks. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. This has got to be it. Let's start digging, my friend. Yeah. I only brought right. one shovel. That's okay. I'll use my hands. The ground's pretty soft. Okay. Here, here we go. It stinks. <sighs> oh, it. It smells. It reeks. Yeah. It, oh, what is that? It smells like ass mixed with ass on top of ass. It's pretty gross. That's disgusting. But yeah. Oh my god! Like, I. Its head looks like a mashed up pumpkin. Wow. This did. Hey, you like you look at this thing, right? Um. The, is the first thing that comes to mind like xenomorph kind of sort of yeah, yeah but look look at the size of that gourd between its legs <laughs> you you and your uh fixation on junk monster I'm just junk saying, I'm just saying if that thing's gonna attack these kids I want it to be packing if you know what I mean they're gonna find out what's what in this neck of the woods uh, once they meet this thing face to face She's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Sad. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Sad. There's an old graveyard way back deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. Welcome back, all you Midnight Mask Creature Cast fans. This go-round, we're going to head to the uh, dark neck of the woods for Pumpkinhead from 1988. I'm your co-host, Mark, and I'm joined by the ever-awesome... Oh, sorry, I forgot to... 
I forgot to take my mic off of mute when you were doing the count in. <laughs> so, I thought, oh my God, Pumpkinhead's got him already. He's got me. He's dragging me away. Oh my oh no, God. Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Rob today. Just Rob. Yeah. Just Rob. And I see where this is going. It's going to go right off the rails right from the beginning. I guess um, so. I mean, my, I think my ADHD is kicking in big time today. Well, you know what? We, we all have... Uh, we all have our, what would you call it? Our little quirks. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, what makes us cool. You're, you're nice for calling it a quirk. I, I would say no, something far no, more. Um, no, no. Devastating. Um, this is, uh, this was my pick. Um, I saw this <laughs> multiple times in the theater. Uh, as I mentioned before, my friend worked for a movie theater, so we could get in for free. And uh, oh, my God, I love this thing uh, so much. I, ju- I can't tell. I really seriously cannot tell you how many times I've, I've actually seen this movie just in the theater alone, let alone once it came to like, you know, video and then like <laughs> Blu-ray and just DVD, all that stuff. Um, I, I love this one. Uh, but Rob, when did you first see Pumpkinhead? Oh, boy. Um, I would have to say probably maybe 89 or 90. Okay. So pretty darn close. Yeah. I actually, I thought it was this. I thought this movie came out earlier than 88, but then when I looked at, it, I was like 88. Are you sure? Cause the way I'm thinking, it looks more like a, you know, early eighties or mid eighties kind of film. That's so funny because last night, you know, Walt's my go-to guy while I'm watching the movie and he told me it came out in 88. I'm like, are you sure? Cause I was thinking like 85, but yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you on that one. Um, now it was directed by Stan Winston who didn't really direct much, but he's a special effects like guru. He's worked on Batman returns. He did aliens. He worked on the Terminator, the thing, Jurassic park. He's pretty prolific in his career. He's no longer with us, but he, his skill has touched so many films. Mm. He's worked so much magic on things. He's made um, some of the most iconic monsters in movies. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I totally agree with that statement. Um, the film itself has spawned three sequels. Um, we had Pumpkinhead 2 Blood Wings from 94 with Soeli Moonfry or Punky Brewster. Um, then later in the 2000s, we got two movies that were filmed back to back for the sci-fi channel. We had blood wings, ashes to ashes, and then blood wing. I mean, sorry, no, no, did I say, sorry, sorry, pumpkin head, ashes to ashes, and then pumpkin head blood feud. Um, and they were both filmed in 2006. Ashes to ashes was released in 2006. And then blood feud followed the year after that. Walter, I, and I believe him, I'm not just dis, dis, uh, discarding what he's saying, swears we have seen all of the all of them. I totally know we've seen two. I have blocked the other ones from my memory. I don't remember them at all. I They're just dead to me. Like they wow. like went in one eye and then I guess out the other. <laughs> you know, I never saw the, the two that you're speaking of. I only saw the pumpkin head, the first one, and then blood wings. Or red wings, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, so I I guess, and we do spoilers here, but I I guess what's interesting is 
Walt was telling me that the Ed Harley character actually comes back for the last two. Wow. So I, I'm okay. going to leave it at that. Anyway, so we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he must like Lance Henriksen, man, super <clears throat> old now. Yeah, but not so much that, but the character in the film, I don't quite get how he comes back as Ed Harley. Anyway, whatever. We're moving oh, on. Oh, yeah, because he was dead. Thank you. Durr. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Thank yeah, okay. dude, it took me a minute. <laughs> like I said, my brain yeah. is not working today. No, you're fine. So um, the movie itself was based on a poem by uh, Ed Justin. Um, and I I wasn't going to read the whole thing. I, it's, it's kind of a cool poem. You can find it online. I Did, did you want to read the whole thing? I think it might add more time to the podcast that we may not have. Um, I, I mean, we don't have to, you can just read like the, maybe the line that the kids were saying when they were trying to scare their little brother. Did you want to read that one? Um, yeah, let me pull it up. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to go into like the actors if that's okay. Um, So yeah, that's fine. Oh, wait, I didn't, I have the poem that you sent, but I don't have the, yes, uh, that's the poem they were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned before, Lance Hendrickson, Hen- Henrickson, I always mispronounce that, uh, plays the father character in the film, Ed Harley. Um, now, a couple of movies that you might want to look up from this gentleman um, that I love is Mansion of the Dead from 76. He was in the second Omen, Damien from 78. If you have not seen The Visitor, you need to fix that right now. That's from 1979. And he was in course in Piranha 2 The Spawning from 1982, where the piranha can fly. Spoiler alert. Um, those are amazing. Uh, he has a young son, uh, Billy, Billy Harley, played by Matthew Hurley. Matthew would uh, go on to star in two uh, uncredited roles, one in Batman and Robin from 1997, and then one in Mira Servino's The Replacement Killers from 1998. Oh, I, I like that. that movie. Yes. Now, hold uh, on. Okay, you got it. You're talking about Ed Harley's son? Yes. Yes, Billy. Okay, it's, it's got really a different hard. name here as um Oh, never mind, never mind. I'm looking at the Yeah, uh, did this you find is, the poem? I found young Ed Harley in well, we'll talk about that in a moment, but All right. Yeah, did you find so the poem? Like, oh, okay. Keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiven. Laugh at him and you're undone, but in some dreadful fashion. Vengeance he considers fun and plans it with a passion. Time will not erase or blot a plot that hey that he has brewing. It's when you think that he's forgot he'll cat he'll conjure your undoing. Jeez. Uh bolted doors and windows barred, guard dogs prowling in the yard, won't protect you in your bed. Nothing will from pumpkin head. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's but they cut to me like in a dress with like pigtails, like hot glued to the side of my head, jumping rope. Oh, and it's like one, <laughs> two, pumpkin right. heads coming for you. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then um, we also have the Wallace family, and the only two I really want to talk about is Grandpa Wallace, is played by the actor George Buck Flower. Now we know him from The Fog. We've already covered The Fog. He was one of the gentlemen on the boat that meet their fate there. Oh, yeah. And, I, I thought he sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. And then another movie that I highly recommend because I love those weird 70s movies is The Witch Who Came From the Sea from 1976. Um, not what you're thinking, but I love it. 
Um, and then the young Wallace boy, Bunt, is played by Brian Bremer. And the film of note that I'd recommend you checking out from him is Society from 1989. Is that a... It's the, a weird horror movie. Yeah, the I think it's the... One of the creators, or not, sorry, not the creators, but he he had a hand in Reanimator. Like it was Brian Yuzna. I could um, see that. Yes, yes, yes. It's like a com- it's like a social commentary on like wealth and privilege, yeah. and it's very weird, folks. It's great. Um, then we have a witch. Her name is Haggis, and she's played by Florence uh, Schaffer, I believe S C H A U F F E R. Um, of note, the thing that I would recommend checking out is uh, Bachelor Party. She was in that from 84, which, of course, is a Tawny Katane vehicle with Tom Hanks. Um, Tawny Katane of Witchboard fame, which is a friend of the pod here. Now, really quick, Rob, I'm going to go through the couples as fast as I can because okay. there's three couples. And I don't know about you, but it was kind of hard at first to, like, get the names all right in the film. Well, before you do that, can I just point out two things that I yeah. thought... I had never known, but I thought it was pretty cool. So a young Ed Harley is played by Chance Michael Corbett, who also played um, Laddie in Lost Boys. Oh, interesting. Oh, see, I didn't even look that up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then the Wallace kid, the fe- one of the Wallace kids anyway, oh, is played uh, by Mayim Bialik, uh, yes. which of course is Blossom. And so it's like, I never knew these people <laughs> got their start in this movie. Blossom and uh also later on she went on to be on um oh my god I'm, the big bang theory. Yeah, Big Bang Theory, yeah. Yes, yeah. And also no. host of Je- one of the hosts of Jeopardy. Yes, yes. In my mind I made her one of the couple girls and then they the the scene where they're all in the car I'm like none of these are Mayim. Right. And then this like, <laughs> filthy girl crawls out of a truck and Walt's like there she is. I'm like oh my god. <laughs> she was like a kid in this. Like she was a kid. Yeah, yeah, she was super small. All right, so our couples consist of Joel, who is the biker jerk, um, and that's Joe Diaquino, um, and he's just did lots of like TV shows. I don't know any films from this man at all. His girlfriend, um, the one who just he's horrible to, is Kim, and she's played by Kimberly Ross, and she was in The Last Starfighter. He's got a brother who's Steve. And uh, that's Joel Hoffman. This guy did not a lot of movies, but a ton of horror films in a really brief amount of time. All from 87. He did Killer Workout, Slaughterhouse, Slumber Party Massacre 2. And then in 88, he was in the redo of Roger Corman's Not of This Earth, which stars Tracy Lords. So I had to talk about that. Then our uh, his girlfriend is... Maggie, she's the one with the really straight long hair, and she's kind of like the religious fanatic, I'd say. Oh, yeah, yep. Her two movies I want to mention, she was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge from 85. She just had a role as a girlfriend. Um, Not the girlfriend, but a girlfriend. And then she was also in Two Moon Junction from 88. It's like one of those weird, like, I don't know, like kind of soft core weird things, but it's great. I love it. It's like a Kirsty McNichol in it, whatever. Um, then the odd couple out, which I still can't quite figure out how they ended up with the other two is Tracy who's, um, oh, and I forget if I didn't say Maggie, that's Carrie Remsen is the actress. Then Tracy is Cynthia Bain and she was in Toby Hooper's 
spontaneous combustion from 1989. And then Chris is Jeff East. He did two Wes Craven films. He did the TV movie Summer of Fear, which starred Linda Blair. And then he was in Deadly Blessing from 1981, which had Sharon Stone in it. Okay, that's all the people I need to talk about. We can move on. Okay. Woo! I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. Look at that. Rapid fire. <laughs> I try. All right. So the film opens. We get our fiery opening credits. And then it's 1957. And we see Tom Harley, who is the dad of the young Ed Harley. And he's got his gun and their uh, mom's having young Ed say his prayers and everything. And dad's outside because clearly something's up. And dad's outside and he's checking to make sure the pickup truck's locked and everything. And mama Harley's all on edge and everything. And dad's bringing the horse inside the barn and locking that up. And um, <clears throat> mom's shuttering the window and everything. And dad comes back in and he uh, bolts the door closed. And, uh, you know, Ed's wondering, or no, I'm sorry, the wife is wondering, you know, will it be all right? Should I be afraid? And then outside, we see this terrified man kind of like running through the night and something's clearly chasing him. Yeah, He's running through the cornfield. We get that uh, kind of like scare with the scarecrow and everything. And then inside the Harley home, the couple are sitting there by the fireplace. And then the uh, man outside, we see him kind of fall to the ground and something's dragging him kind of like off screen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was we, dragging uh, him back through the cornfield backwards. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, we come to realize that the man is Clayton Howard and he is uh, being chased by something and he's come to the Harley home for help, for assistance, for protection, whatever. Um, they're not about to let him in the house at all. Uh, he says that he didn't, you know, uh, he didn't kill the girl and there's like that weird blue lightning and everything. Um, and you hear that weird, to me, it's almost like a, an insect, kind of like cicada noise. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going to bring that up. It's almost the same, like not in Pumpkinhead, but also in another horror film that we've seen and we've talked about, like that weird insect sound. I can't, yeah, it's, I can't recall, but yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty successful, I think, the way they've combined everything. Yeah, it's creepy. Very creepy. Um, I think I, I feel the movie has a lot of atmosphere. Uh, it's visually striking. It's got, you know, it's very spooky, very creepy. Um, so eventually Clayton crawls away from the house and he ends up in this like muddy ravine. And there he is attacked by Pumpkinhead, which Ed, young Ed Hurley, Harley, Harley spies from his bedroom window. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I love the scene because it's got like, you can see just how massive this demon creature is because he's holding Clayton like up and it uh, like the creature towers over the, the grown man. He's like huge. Yeah, not only that, he's got these super long arms and like long fingers. It's just like the whole thing is meant to be unnerving. Well, you said it before, and I'll just reiterate it. He is very, uh, in build, he's very reminiscent of the xenomorph from Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, oh, who she played Allie McBeal. What's her name? Callista Flockhart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love Callista. Anyway. All right, so cut to present day, and we see hot, shirtless Ed Harley uh, with his flamethrower, which will come into play later. Um, now, by hot, did I mean sexy or sweaty? You be the judge. Um, and he's got his young son there and their dog named Gypsy, which in this day and age, they probably would have named it something other than Gypsy. 
happen anyway. Yeah, most likely. Mm-hmm. And uh, the they the story, like I feel, they really set up the father son relationship very sweetly between the man and his his offspring. Yeah, they did. Um. So anyway, so uh, Ed, it, it's breakfast time and everything, and uh, you know, he he teases Billy about you know first one in there gets to wash the dishes and stuff and. Uh, you know, he's, he's feeding gypsy table scraps and the dad's like, don't, you know, at first he's like stern, but he's like, you know, just don't do it here at the table, you know, do it in his bowl and everything. And then Billy, who's like the sweetest little boy in the world. He's got these like kind of Coke bottle glasses and this tuft of blonde hair and everything. And, um, he's made the dad, this, uh, necklace with this, like kind of like little figurine on it. And it's like a leather strap. It's just so sweet. It's a very sweet moment. Um, and pay attention to that necklace because at the end of the movie, that is going to be something. No, oh, exactly. Yes, exactly. And then uh, clearly between them, uh, there's this story time that, that Billy really enjoys. And, uh, you know, Ed tells the story about a scruffy old man with a very clever son who he loves very much and everything. Well, then cut to the highway and we see a truck that's pulling some dirt bikes behind it. Uh, and it's like one of those two seaters. And in the front, we have Steve. Um, one of the uh, bikers um, driving and next to him is Maggie, his girlfriend with the long blonde hair. And then in back, we have Chris and Tracy. Uh, Tracy's a photographer and Chris is kind of just along for the ride. Um, And then in back in a sports car, we have Joel, who looks nothing to me like Steve. I can't believe that they are actually related, but, you know, maybe they uh, who knows how they're related, but they're actually brothers supposed to be in the film. And then I think I out of the three women um, Kim is actually my favorite, and that's um, probably because Joel's so mean to her. But anyway, that's Joel's girlfriend is Kim. And okay, in the yeah, sports that, car. that's the one that I was most attracted to the the halter top lady. Yeah, yeah, I just think I don't know. I out of the three, she just I want to hug her the most. Um, anyway, so um, come to find out that um, Mr. Harley owns a little tiny grocery stand, and outside. Uh, he's arrived with Gypsy in tow and his son, and Billy's kind of spraying off the produce and everything. Well, the uh, group of teens have showed up, and they are going to um, actually, I, I believe they've kind of shown up. I don't really know that they're there, there to buy groceries, per se. I don't think. I think they're just try, trying to seek out places where they could ride their dirt bikes, I think. Yeah, I thought but so, anyway, too. I didn't think they were trying to get groceries, but they're kind of taken in by the the kid because uh I think it was Joel that said so look at those Coke bottle glasses and yeah Joel's a jerk. Yeah. Joel says this right where the like right where Billy can hear him. Joel's mm-hmm. like a jerk from the get-go. Yeah. Um and then you really kind of get the impression that Maggie's like super frail and fragile like um emotionally. Mm-hmm. She seems really like kind of yeah. Um and uh, Gypsy right away is not cool with these people at all. The dog's not very fond of them. Well, in the interim, um, Buck Flowers, who's playing Grandpa Wallace, shows up and he's looking for his feed, which uh, Ed actually forgot back at the house. Um, oh, you know what? I realized I believe they came there looking for liquor because this is where Ed uh, makes the uh, statement that they don't sell liquor at the place. Oh, um, that's what it was. Okay. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Well, outside in the truck, all the Wallace children and all their filth, I'm like <laughs> pouring out of the back truck and they've gotten this ball away from Billy 
And the older ones kind of like tormenting the younger ones with that chant that you read earlier, the, the pumpkin head chant. Yeah. Um, you know, keep away from pumpkin head, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we see this chant is like actually kind of like triggering Ed's memory from earlier in the film where we get like the flashback scene again. Um, we also get that weird kind of scene where Bunt, the oldest Wallace boy, he gets the ball, but then he is going to, because like Tracy, the photographer, is really the only one out of the six who actually has any kind of like uh, backbone. <laughs> and she's kind of standing up to these kids for like tormenting the youngest of the Wallace kids with this whole spiel about Pumpkinhead. <laughs> and then, but the Bunt boy kind of like goes at her like he's almost going to like, I don't know, like have an altercation with her or something. <laughs> Mind your business, city something. slicker. <laughs> it's really weird. But anyway, like Chris is like, oh, he's going to come to your defense. That's her boyfriend, everything, or whatever. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, she gets the ball back, which is a, a bad thing. Uh, but anyway, um, so we see that Joel's gone off to ride his dirt bike. Um, and clearly, Joel is the alpha. Uh, in the uh, relationship between him and his brother, Steve, because, you know, he's goading Steve into riding his bike and everything. And it's very close to the property of where the grocery stand sits and everything. Well, yeah, that's Ed, what made me think that um they were just looking for a place to kind of, you know, shred on their dirt bikes or something. Right, right, right. And then so. Ed is like, you know it's a small town. It's not like it's a big city, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, you know, Billy stay in here inside the store, stay with gypsy. I'm going to run back. I'm just going to get the feed. Cause he's like, you know, he told Mr. Wallace, you know, you've paid for, I'll, I'll drop the feed off at your house. And then you, you can pay me there and everything. Cause he's trying to be a good, you know, uh, store owner and everything. Yeah. So of course they're riding their dirt bikes. The dog's not happy with this. Inside, the dog takes off out of the. I love the setup of this. The dog takes off because we see the two brothers now, do, like jumping over the like dirt hills and stuff. Yeah. Gypsy takes off. The other couples aren't really paying attention. Billy runs after Gypsy. Maggie's the only one who kind of realizes what could transpire, and but she's not really good at like. <laughs> saying what she really needs and she's running after Billy, but the other ones aren't really quite cluing in on what's happening until Billy makes it up to where they're dirt biking. Joel jumps like over this like little cliff hill, misses Billy, but Steve's not so lucky and his dirt bike strikes Billy. Oh, I thought it was Joel that like uh, Steve. Jumped no. For, okay. So it was the other no. way around. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Or I was I wrong? Know. Um, I just I it might have been that way, but I thought it was the other way around. All right, let's see here. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no, you're right. You're right. Joel's the one. Joel's the one. Okay, oh, so flip okay. what I said. Joel hits and kills Billy. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so anyway, so everyone's upset about this, and Joel just takes off because he had been drinking, and he's like, you know, I'm not sticking around for this. Um, and then so he grabs Kim, and they take off. So Maggie's pretty much useless with all this. And then um, they realize when they head back to the store that Ed's nowhere to be found because he's taken off to his house to get the, the, the fee. Yeah. 
there's no phone at all whatsoever on the premise because this is a little small, like in the middle of nowhere grocery store. I blame Gypsy for all of this. Oh, hey, I got, I wrote it down. I was like, everything would have been fine if it wasn't for Gypsy freaking out. Yeah. And by the way, Gypsy is really actually mushroom. The dog was mushroom. Um, But anyway, I still blame the dog. Okay. So Steve says he'll stay with the boy because where they were headed is a cabin and that cabin actually has a phone. So that means that Tracy and Chris are going to take now the like quickly becoming despondent Maggie back to the cabin to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. So they take off and Ed returns and he's looking for Billy, of course, inside the store. There's no Billy. There's no gypsy. And then he sees Steve flagging him up to like the hill a little ways. Once he gets up there, he sees Billy on the ground. He realizes Billy's not in good shape. Steve offers him like the boy's glasses. It's really quite heartbreaking. I think he like bends down. He like puts the glasses on the boy and then like Steve's trying to like explain. Um, And then that's when like Ed's walking away. He turns back and just gives him that death glare. Yeah. And you know, it's not going to be okay. (laughs) And then Ed just gets in the truck and takes off with the boy. I have a problem with this because Okay, as rural as it is, I can understand that. But uh, wouldn't the father's first thought to be like, take the child to like a doctor or somebody who knows something, hospital maybe, you know, they, um, I don't know how far from like civilization they are removed, but Ed just kind of drives, drives him home and, you know, sets him in bed. I I agree with you, but I, uh, okay, a couple of things I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking that this is like way out there. Like, I'm thinking it's not like your hospital's like, I think, I think a hospital's probably like hours away. Okay. I'm also thinking that the boy, like he knows the boy's in bad shape. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, he doesn't even have a phone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't have a phone at the store. He doesn't call from his house, so he doesn't have a phone there. I'm thinking that, like, this is super rural, like, super rural. That's like Appalachian, like, scary. way up. Wow. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Because um, <clears throat> to me, this, this like, has, like, it's it's supposed to have, like, a real folk tale feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's supposed to be, like, very, very backwoods. Okay. Like super backwards. <laughs> like <laughs> Legend of Boggy Creek, we're going to get our <laughs> drinking water from that well. Oh man. That's what I'm thinking. We're going to we're going to um good old what's his name Crabtree is going to The Crabtrees. <laughs> like the the Wallaces aren't that far removed from the Crabtree family, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> so the uh Truck pulls up, Tracy heads inside, um, and inside we realize that Kim's been crying. She looks like she's visibly upset, um, and that we see that Tracy's going to make a phone call, but she's stopped by Joel, like re- basically ripping the phone out of the wall, the disconnecting it, yep. the line, the phone line. Um, we realize now that Joe's been on probation because he's already had a prior accident involving a girl. And when 
Chris comes in with Maggie. He gets the 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 truck keys away from him. And when Chris like stands up to him, Joel just whacks him on the back of the head with a log. And Maggie's already like out of it. She's on the couch. And um, <clears throat> so Joel is way concerned about him over anyone else's uh, well-being. It's just all about Joel and Joel's mind. So back at the Harley house, <clears throat> Ed is kind of comforting Billy and he gets that wet cloth to wipe his face and everything. Um, and he starts to tell him that once upon a time story that they share and everything. And Billy just kind of like utters dad. And then uh, Ed says, yeah, son. And then Billy's just gone, mm -hmm. which I find heartbreaking. Like I, I think this is a really sad interaction. I, I think this story is a very good story. I don't think it's just like a set him up to kill him kind of story. Um, I feel there's like a, a lot of good backstory to what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it's done myself. very quickly, but it's definitely emotionally driven because like, you know, the pacing at the, at the very beginning, it shows Ed Harley as a young boy and, you know, Pumpkinhead taking vengeance upon somebody who did someone else wrong. And then you've got now grown up Ed Harley with his own kid and, uh, you know, the city, city slickers have done him wrong by, uh, you know, causing that accident, killing his child. Well, and that boy's all he's got, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, and, and there, you know, yeah. Um, and I put gypsy's a bitch. <laughs> gypsy's a bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So. I, I, the one person, the one person who Gips, uh, Pumpkinhead should have taken vengeance on was gypsy and it didn't happen. Oh. So I call foul. I think, um, well, I think, out of all those idiot kids, I think Joel was the most like the most culpable, you know? Oh, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. I am so there with you, my friend. Um, now, really quick, I've got to put this in there. So the cabin that the 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 couples are all staying at. Is the, and I don't know if you're I, I forget about your feelings on this, but it's the cabin that um, the Jarvises stay in. In Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. You know, I thought that looked a little familiar, but I wasn't. I wasn't oh, okay. sure where I had seen it. I wasn't sure if you were a Friday fan or not, so I wasn't. I didn't want to put you on the spot. Oh yeah, I. I just got the uh, the Shout Factory entire collection. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have that too. But I okay. So yeah, I wasn't sure where I had seen that cabin before. Yep, it's the Jarvis cabin. Um, which housed Corey Feldman. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, so now Steve has arrived on bike. He comes to check on Maggie. And that's where we see that Joel has actually locked Chris and Tracy in the pantry. Uh, and Joel's like, I'm not going to go to jail for an accident. And uh, Steve is like, you know, oh, it's okay. Because he's trying to reason with Joel. He's like, oh, it's okay. I talked to the dad and I explained it was an accident. And then he's like, <laughs> but he looked at me like he wanted to kill me. <laughs> right. Right. He's like, yeah, nothing's going to be okay. Yeah. So Ed has his son kind of like covered in a blanket next to him on the truck seat. And he's going to look for Wallace um, kind of in the guise of dropping off the feed, but we know that he wants more. Um, what Ed really wants is to meet a woman who has uh, kind of her hand in the dark arts and her name is Haggis. Mm -hmm. um, and she lives up in the mountains. 
Um, now Wallace is no fool. He, I would say he considers Ed like a friend of sorts, and he doesn't want to see this person get mixed up in what this woman has to offer. So he's denying any knowledge of this whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that's when Ed lifts up the blanket to kind of reveal that, you know, what's happened to his son. Um, and then, you know, grandpa Wallace is still not going to talk about it. He's like, just go home and bury your boy. Um, then of course, Bunt, uh, being the, um, impertinent boy that he is, um, (laughs) offers to tell, you know, Ed, you know, for trade where this woman is, uh, her name is Haggis. Um, and she lives on Black Ridge and he's willing to take Ed partway, but all the way, not all the way, because he admits that the woman scares the piss out of him. What an unfortunate name for the, uh, I call her the Swamp Witch. Basically. So when we do meet her, she's like got stringy hair and everything. Now, if I let my hair grow out like that, I, you know, I don't have any on top. It would be stringy. I myself prefer to be a hermit. I would love to be a practitioner of the dark arts yeah i like men i would be <laughs> faggus of the mountain <laughs> and people would come see me to raise pumpkin head so that's where that's my goal is to be faggus oh um, <laughs> anyway so we finally see haggis's cabin which is great because it's almost like swampy land around her and it's all like decrepit and yeah it looks like if you blew hard enough, it would like blow right over. Um, I'm pretty sure that if you look just a little bit down the way, that guy who lived uh, in Boggy Creek, the one who shot his toes off, <laughs> would be her neighbor. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. one didn't have a door. He just hit that flap for a front a front door. Anyway, um, I love I mean, the I love the state of the inside of the house too. Yes, it's amazing. She's got like tarantulas and an owl and a some mice and i mean i love i really do want to be this person when i grow up it's pretty (laughs) darn cool um and then just all of this but also like my my movie collection and a big screen tv but everything else i'd be cool with where would you get electricity from like magical sources exactly hello i'm (laughs) faggot yes um so um ed comes in carrying the wrapped up boy and everything and uh I'm telling you, the atmosphere of this movie is just like spot on. It's perfect. She's like a candlelight and everything. Anyway, um, and, uh, you know, she asks, who are you? And she says she's not, uh, she says raising the dead ain't within my power. Yeah, that's. uh... So that's not what he's here for, though, folks. Um, So he comes and he empties. There's like a little kind of almost like chalicey looking thing. And he empties like, uh, like basically everything the man's got. It's like some coins. And like, I think there's like a necklace in there and everything. And um some some uh, Lance Hendrickson toenail clippings, I believe I saw. Um, and he empties them in there and everything. And uh, actually, the silver dollars that you see were Lance's. He provided them himself for the movie props. Yeah, he, um, I heard he went around like collecting them, um, like props that he props that he owned, he brought to the movie. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then, um, you know, she's like, you know, kind of, hee hawing and sidestepping around everything. And finally he's like, I saw it. I, I, I know it, it exists and everything. And she's like, say it, say it. Yeah. Like Walter and, White. Uh, she's like, say my name. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he's like, you know, a wrong man can be avenged. And, um, she's warning him. She's like, it comes with a powerful price. And, uh, she's like, you got to go to Razorback Hollow and there's an old grave and it's 
that's where people buried their kin that they're ashamed of. Um, and she's like, if you look like right next to it, there's a plot, you know, with Mark's name on it. And next to that, you're going to find Pumpkinhead. And you Mark know what? being me. I know. I just thought, sorry, <laughs> that went over my head for a moment. But then I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Um, she's like, you'll know it when you see it and bring it back. <laughs> the funny thing is all of that. Uh, the the actress, I can't remember her name. Uh, Florence Schofler. Um, yeah, chauffeur or something. Yeah, all of all of that stuff weighed sixty pounds. So like, she was a trooper for having to like put all that makeup and everything on. Well, clearly it wasn't the hair. <laughs> no, it wasn't the hair because that was all <laughs> wispy and everything. Yeah, and uh, she makes the request that he should leave Billy's body with her. So it's nighttime. We got the wind and we got a wolf howl and everything and that vulture. So Ed's approaching with his shovel and he finds a burial site. And I love that there's that ground fog and everything, which is very Hammer Films to me. Yeah. Um, and did you also hear the monkey noises? No, I didn't put that down, but I I love that like that like heartbeat sound that they had going over too. Oh yeah, that was it's very atmospheric. Yeah, but I had definitely heard some uh, monkey noises, which reminded me <laughs> of the Lucio Fulci's yes. affecting you, my friend. <laughs> 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 all right anyway okay so um we see him bend down and kind of starts to 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 dig the soil with the shovel um we also notice that he's wearing the necklace that billy gave him which i thought was super sweet and incredibly sad mm -hmm. um so he just and then he begins almost like like becomes feral and just starts digging with his hands because the soil's so loose yeah which just real quick do you think that 1957 was the last time Pumpkinhead was resurrected? Or do you think that they're implying by the soil being so loose that this is something that reoccurs quite often? Um, I think just by like what we saw at the beginning of the movie, it's probably something that happens quite a lot where people feel that they've been wronged and, you know, they, yeah. they go to the old swamp witch and have her do her thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Okay. But anyway, so he lifts this like, and you could tell it's like disgusting because, well, before he lifts it, he like actually stumbles back off the mound because it like the smells atrocious and he's not quite ready for what it looks like and everything. Yeah. Um, but he has to crawl back up and he grabs the thing and, and uh, takes it away. Meanwhile, back at the cabin, uh, the closet couple, uh, <laughs> The closet couple. The closet couple's vowing, uh, vowing vengeance against Joel and everything. And uh, Stevie um, just has, because he really wants to settle and everything. He just comes up with the idea that, hey, you know what? You know, I'll take the rap for it, Joel. I'll tell uh, everyone that I'm the one that hit the kid and everything. So Kim, at this point, says she's really starting to become worried about Maggie because she's becoming super despondent. At the Haggis Hut, Ed arrives with the corpse, and he's not even sure what it is. And he's asking, you know, uh, the witch what it is. And she's like, it's what you want it. She says that it's a demon of vengeance. It's cruel and devious. And then she cuts Ed's hand, and she gets some blood in this, like, little stone bowl. And then she also cuts Billy's hand and gathers some of his blood. And she begins to use, like, that grinding tool to kind of mash things up and everything. And she pours the mixture into the creature's mouth. Um, it begins to like rejuvenate and it's almost like in a childlike form. Mm -hmm. Now, have you seen the movie? Not the one we covered, but trick or treat with Sam Hain. 
oh, the, the no. little creature. It's like a bunch of like stories, like kind of interwoven together. The little guy wears a sack on his head and like orange pajamas. He's got like this little sucker with a bite out of it. Oh, that little anthology series. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Okay. So Pumpkinhead in this form, his face reminds me of Sam Haynes' face when he's unmasked. You know what? You do. You make a good point. Yeah. Oh, good. I was hoping you had seen that. Okay. So anyway, so he goes from this tiny little, like almost embryonic childlike form into this giant massive form within a matter of moments. Um, Then we also, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just wanted to say, I didn't know if you were going to bring this up, but Ed also goes into kind of like a, a vision, vision quest state where it's like he, this is where that I wrote down where we find that he, him and the demon are connected. Yes, it, it definitely has a negative physical effect on him. Exactly. That's where I was going to. Um, and then we get Haggis saying, now it begins. Um, why was she undressed? <laughs> Are you <laughs> Okay. So now um, Ed's kind of out of it. And he's driving his truck and he almost swerves and hits this other vehicle because it's all misty and foggy. It's nighttime. And he's clearly like, this has taken a toll on him already. And we get that very disconcerting scene of Billy sitting up next to him. And uh, he's like, what did you do, daddy? Yeah. Um, and then it did, you know, it really didn't transpire. It was just a vision because, you know, next we see that the corpse is really just laying there next to him. Um, <clears throat> so at the cabin, Maggie, um, the despondent girlfriend of Steve, um, here's her name kind of being whispered and she starts to head outside. So, um, <clears throat> The uh, one brother just has uh, jokes that they should just kidnap Chris and Tracy and just go to Mexico with everyone just to, you know, <laughs> make good with everything and just get out of get out of Dodge. Um, so we see Ed is taking Billy to the cemetery and he's speaking to his wife and he's like, they killed our little boy. Now they're going to pay. Um, outside, we see Maggie just kind of wandering like through the, the dark forest area next to the cabin. and. Um, Steve kind of positions himself in front of her to stop her just aimless wandering about. And he reaches down and pulls up this little like crucifix necklace that she's wearing. It's just a cross, really. There's no like Jesus on it, just a cross. And um, this is where we kind of get that she is, she's of a religious faith. And he's like, you know, he's using this to like snap her out of it, you know, and he's like, uh, you know, focus on this, you know, this will pull her out of her her funk and, 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 and get her back on track with everything. Well, pretty much right after that, <clears throat> we get this giant gnarly claw of pumpkin head that just reaches down and pulls him upward into the trees. <laughs> and I thought it was, um, for some reason, especially upon the first few times seeing this movie, I thought Pumpkinhead was on top of the cabin and it was just yanking the, yanking the kids up to the roof of the cabin and just kind of dropping them down. <laughs> right. I um, believe this one, he's in the trees. Yeah, he... Because as when she looks up, she sees him like in the tree being all like ripped apart, basically. Yeah. And then we see that um, back at the cemetery, this is, again, having a really negative physical effect on Ed because they're linked. Yeah. And I think Ed finally knows like what he paid for. He's like, oh, no, not this way. Not like this. Exactly. So Steve's lifeless body is dropped down in front of Maggie and we get that cool insect noise. And I. I don't know about you, 
but I love how they went with like the blue, like hues of the lightning and everything instead of going orange for like pumpkins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I love that choice. I, I don't know why it's just very like, kind of like against what you would expect. I don't know. I just think that's really cool. Um, I think orange lightning would be a little cheesy. I don't know. I just really like the blue. I think it's just a, a it's just very cool. It's, it, it's a, it's against what I think the audience would be expecting. Yeah. Cause you know, with the pumpkin thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So you get those like insect noise and everything. And then like Steve's like kind of like drug and then lift it back upwards. And then Ed kind of seems like he's feeling a little bit better after this has transpired. Like he's getting more of his bearings back. <clears throat> sorry. So back at the uh, cabin, Joel's kind of like had a change of heart and he opens the closet and um, as he's doing so, Maggie comes running back inside and she's freaked out. We see Steve's bloody corpse outside and Maggie starts like, it's hard to discern what she's saying, but she's basically saying killing him. Well, Chris and Joel, like kind of you would do, make the leap that like Ed is killing Steve because of what happened to his son. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the two men arm themselves and they head outside. So Maggie's at the table saying her Hail Marys and the two women, Tracy and Kim are trying to calm her down. So we see Ed and he's washing his face and he goes to take a drink and everything. And we got gypsy, the bitch watching. <laughs> and then um, back at the cabin, <laughs> Maggie's like, God's um, uh, the only, um, God's the only thing that can uh, stop what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we then, get that uh, cool ass scene of Pumpkinhead walking outside the window of the cabin. Yeah, that was, oh man. I love that scene. The creature effects in this are superior. Like even now they look amazing. They do. And like, I do have to bring this up because um, like four years ago, Bobby Anthem and I covered this very quickly uh, when we were doing the Inhuman Experience. Um, and it was like, I was a little bit unkind to this movie when I had watched it at that time. And maybe it was my mood or maybe it's just the change, you know, me me changing. But like looking back on this now after seeing it again last night, it was like the, those creature effects were done like, supreme i mean stan winston is the man well and he didn't do the effects his his team did he had nothing to do with the effects he directed it oh he didn't he didn't make the creature no no they, it was his team he oh, directed it okay yeah yeah Crap. but kudos to them because can you imagine <laughs> that's your boss and, and that's what he does for a living and then he charges you with doing the effects yeah um but yeah i the whole thing is top notch anyway so Tracy, the photographer, grabs his butcher knife and everything. And outside, we see that Chris comes upon Steve's like bloody bandana or headband that he'd been wearing and everything. Um, and then the two men come bursting inside and they say they're going to take off. But like Maggie's not going anywhere without Steve. So Maggie rushes out. Steve's bloody body is dropped down from above. Like like you said, Pumpkinhead would be standing on the cabin. And mm -hmm. then Pumpkinhead just reaches down and lifts Maggie's body up and over the rooftop. 
Yeah, he just yoinks everybody from their head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how he attacks from above. I don't yeah. know why. I just think that's very cool. Um, it's also so, not what you'd be expecting from a really big creature. No, right. The fact, yes, exactly, that he's so, like, limber. Yeah. Yeah, but it goes with his, I mean, he is tall, but he's very skinny, much like Callista Flockhart. Um, <laughs> so we see Ed cleaning his gun, and he gets that double, you know, kind of image thing going on. So, you know, we know another killing about to transpire. Yep. And I love, love, love Pumpkinhead carves that cross on her forehead and then drops her to the ground. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah, that was like the chef's kiss right there. I love that so much. Um, this has nothing to do with anything. But there's a poster for the film that actually, it was it was the one that went to the theaters that they would put like in the little glass windows, marquees or whatever. And that has that image of it. And I actually have that because my friend got it for me once the uh, movie left. He got the poster for me. So is I, it the one that. that I'm looking on IMDb and it's yes, a grim exactly fairy that tale? Yep. Okay. And the three, the three fingers are like, yeah. At the girl's yeah. head. So, um, we now have, uh, Ed's in his truck and the Kim is comforting Joel and we're back at the Haggis hut. So, um, Ed arrives all shaken and the uh, old crone, for lack of a better term, I guess, is saying, you know, it'll pass. You just have to let it finish. Yeah. Um, and she's like, it's what you want it. It's um, he's like, it's wrong. I can see it now. It's it's and she's like, it's got to run its course. And Ed, you know, Ed vows that he's going to stop it. And, uh, you know, the witch says that'll just speed up the process. And he's like, God damn you. And she's like, he already has. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love uh, I love the writing in this movie. I, I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, so now they're outside and Chris and Tracy are um, trying to find Maggie. Um, now they are back inside or inside. And you see that at the kitchen window, Pumpkinhead is like forcing Maggie's head through the kitchen window while Kim and Joel are just looking onward at it. Yeah. At this point in time, it's like, I think Pumpkinhead is kind of taunting them. Like, here's your friend, oh. you know, oh, he's he just like is. screwing with them. And Maggie's not dead just yet because you can still see her blinking and everything. So she's not even dead just yet. So he's also toying with the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so he forces it in and now she's dead. And uh, Kim just faints from sheer terror and then Joel runs out with the machete to confront Pumpkinhead. He's like, you're the, you know, I'm the one that you want. And then now I do love this movie, but this is where I have, I find fault with it because I was good with everything until the camera flashes. And then Pumpkinhead's got that blonde wig on and that really tight black top and those satin black pants and the red pumps. <laughs> you, you had me going for a moment there. <laughs> and then they start singing. You're the one that I want. Anyway. Um, and that does he put on a top hat? Like in the cut I saw, he put a top hat on. He was like, hello, my honey. Hello, my yeah. baby. Hello, my <laughs> ragtime gal. <laughs> so, Back in the cabin, we get that from the other room because Kim's passed down the floor. We get that blue like blue light again, signaling Pumpkinhead's arrival. And Pumpkinhead's going for Kim, 
just as Joel comes in and tries to stab Pumpkinhead. Um, but then Pumpkinhead kind of like just bends Joel's arm backwards, causing him to drop the machete. Yeah, like those and, long arms are pretty strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Um, so and then uh Kim and Tracy have arrived, and then Pumpkinhead now has Kim way up a tree and he's dangling her um by the head. Uh, and then he just drops her and she lands on this rock that she could not survive that fall landing on this boulder. No. And she's just basically, you know, a broken woman laying there bloody on the rock. Poor Kim. <clears throat> yeah. So the three see him and uh, just take off after this. So now at the cabin, Ed has arrived and he enters and he finds Steve there covered by a sleeping bag, which I don't know how that transpired. I guess the kids did that. I guess they covered him up. I don't know. Um, so he sits there and you could tell he's visibly shaken and he's determined to like, see this thing through. He's not going to let this play out. He's going to put a stop to it. Yeah. So the three have, um, headed out to look for some help from somewhere else. Um, no one's responding. Um, Joel's super upset and Chris comforts him, um, with a hug, which I thought was Kind of sweet because Joel looks like the kind of person that would not let you like do that. That'd be like too unmanly for him. Yeah. Anyway, so they spy a truck and Tracy's trying to get into it. And that's when that man comes at them with a shotgun. He's like, you know, get out of here. I'm going to kill you. And um, Pumpkinhead also arises on this arrives on the scene. And. Um, oh, the, the man also real quick makes note that they they are uh, marked people. You folks are marked. So Ed, during all of this, um, shoots Pumpkinhead. And for all intents and purposes, if you've never seen a horror movie, you would think the Pumpkinhead is now dead. We all know that's not the case. <laughs> right, right. So stupid Joel goes over there and kicks it and then shoots it. But of course, Pumpkinhead grabs his leg. And then we see that this again affects uh, Ed Harley. And then Pumpkinhead has the gun and just impales Joe on it and lifts him up. Oh, man. I, I call that sucking chest wound right there, man. Oh, yeah. And then this gives Chris and Tracy time to take off running. And there, the dog that was with the gentleman whose truck they were going to uh, to uh, steal is attacking Ed. Yeah, and that, that affects Pumpkinhead, too. Yes, exactly. Okay, so now... <clears throat> The couple are off on their own and they've made it to the Wallace property. Inside, we see that Bunt and all his like stubborn kidness, you could tell he's curious about everything. He's like pretending to be worried about the animals, but he's really not worried about the animals. He just wants to kind of like peek out and see what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the couple arrived, they're pounding on the window. Um, grandpa Wallace is basically like, you know, just get out of here. You know, we'll shoot, we'll open fire on you. You need to leave. So in the bedroom, Bunt's getting dressed and he tells his sister that he's actually going to go out and he wants to find out if it's real or just a story. So he sneaks out the window. Yeah. Did, <clears throat> did you like that? Um, that little pinky swear thing they did? <laughs> yes. Like... I thought that was sweet. There's, there's so many touches <laughs> in this movie that I really do enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like a filthy, filthy version of the Waltons. <laughs> I wonder, like, it's like the the way they did it, it's almost over the top because I had never seen people that dirty before. 
But I mean, so, I'm sure that there is like places <clears throat> like that. So one time my mom and my aunt took me and my cousin, who's a little older than me and even gayer than me, if you can imagine this, to go see, I think it was their cousins who were older. And so they had girls of their own. So we get out of the car and the girls come pouring out of the house and they are all over my cousin and I, like they'd never seen a man before. And we were like kids. We were like, it was like hillbilly land. And they were like that. They like didn't have shoes and their hair was a mess and they were caked in dirt. And it was just like these people. Wow. So I don't, I mean, these people exist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen it. I'm inclined to believe you. Yeah. And they were wanting to make out with us. And I was just wanting to give them a makeover. Um, anyway, so, so wait, were these girls like family? Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that makes it even weirder. Oh yeah. But like distant family, if that makes sense, you know, like kissing cousins kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's funny. I I saw, I think that's what maybe pushed me more towards the gay thing. (laughs) But anyway, okay. So Bud's out there because he wants answers and the couples are just freaked out and confused. And, um, you know, Bud's kind of saying that, you know, he knows of a safe place uh, to, you know, where they maybe can find a little bit of like shelter and they need to go because they're marked. Yeah. So honestly, Ed I don't has, know if there's anywhere that they could hide because if they're marked. No. Yeah. And this shitty ass shack of a church is certainly not it if that's if the place exists. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Um. So Ed pulls the gun from Joel and he kind of discards it. But I also like how he kind of cradles Joel's head, much like he did his sons earlier in the film. I didn't see that part. It's like a little callback, which I thought was kind of cool. Anyway. Okay. So now they end up at this really crappy, dilapidated church, which is barely there. Like if you blew hard, like the wind that's blowing, I'm surprised it's not just pushed the place over anyway. Yeah. And didn't okay. you like it? Um, every time that pumpkin head shows up, it's almost like a dream sequence where you, like you're talking about the blue lights and the blue tones. Like it, the, the movie kind of turns blue in a way. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It is. It's like a, like a nightmare, like a dream. Like, yeah, it's like a, a waking nightmare. It's great. So anyway, and I love how, anyway. Okay. So, they're inside the church, which seriously, folks, it's like just some sticks held together by like a prayer. I don't know what. So <laughs> I think Pumpkinhead, it only has like two walls. I know. I know. And then, so Bud's like saying, you're like, you know, Pumpkinhead's a demon. And at first he thought it was just something to scare the kids. Um, <clears throat> and that he heard that it's been called, conjured up because the outsiders did something bad. And there's a pumpkin patch graveyard. And if one man does something bad to another man. Um, <laughs> it could be called, it could be summoned. And I would put down that these two dumbasses are just now figuring this out. Like it's, it's for you people. Hello. Um, so this is also when Bunt is now cluing in that it was, uh, Billy Harley that had been hurt and he's putting two and two together and figuring out that, Hey, these kids must've been, or these people must've been the ones that had something to do with it. Yeah. All right. So we get our insect noise and everything, and um, they're wanting to know if he knows the way to Bradley Mountain. Well, Pumpkinhead shows up, and he just for a moment pauses at the entrance to the church like, oh, hey, I can't cross this threshold. But he's really just messing with the kids. Um, 
So we get that light show, like, you know, Rob was just talking about, and we get the leaves blowing and everything perfect. And then he just comes right in and he's, <laughs> and he grabs that, like, you know, like really shoddily made cross and just starts banging stuff around with it and everything. Yeah. I thought that um, was funny because it wasn't even a real crucifix. It was just <laughs> some pumpkin kind of head don't care. Religion has nothing over pumpkin. Head. <laughs> right? He does not answer to any God. He's like, I'm um, not a vampire. <laughs> No, nope, he does not I can care. Enter uninvited if I want to. Yeah. Well, it's I think I think it really is just that religion doesn't this is outside of this is outside of God. It's, it's got nothing to do with God. This yeah. is like between the devil and you. Um, so at this point, Ed has shown up and he's calling on the Wallaces for help. And then this is where uh the we really didn't discuss him, but there's the father of Bunt. Uh, pulls a gun on him from behind. He's like, he's like, uh, cause you know, as threatening to just blow the door off the hinges and get in there to like, you know, get some help. And then um, grandpa Wallace's son is behind him with the gun. He's like, you know, you just need to move on. Yeah. And so he retreats off the trio are now running through the forest. Um, and this is where they um, find their vehicles basically just destroyed. They've been flipped over. They're wrecked. They're overturned. Um, but Chris spies one of the bikes that he believes he can use to escape on for help. Um, this is where Walt says, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so the two watch as Chris heads off on his own. He gets on the bike. <clears throat> and then Pumpkinhead basically just lifts the bike with Chris on it upwards and just tosses the damn thing over on its side with Chris falling and being kind of like pinned under it for a little bit. And that was the coolest hell thing to see. Oh yeah. That was pretty awesome. Pumpkinhead's badass. You don't want to piss off Pumpkinhead. That's all I can say. Right. Um, so, you know, Tracy's kind of like losing her feces over this, but Bunt pushes her on, they head off and they run into Ed in the forest. He's like, come with me. And then Bud's like, it's real. Uh, they get into Ed's truck and at first I thought this was going to come into play, but it really doesn't because the truck kind of doesn't want to turn over at first, but then they get it going. So Chris is crawling along and Pumpkinhead puts his giant foot on his back, uh, to kind of stop him from like crawling away. Not like he could escape this creature at all. Yeah. It's, you're not going anywhere. <clears throat> no. So they're back at Ed's place and, uh, Ed's like, do you want to live? And then we see Pumpkinhead's dragging Chris along and they're at the barn. And so by lamplight inside the barn, um, Ed's kind of fooling around in there with his flame torch, his blow torch, his flamethrower blow torch kind of thing that he's got. Um, <clears throat> and then this is inside the truck. Tracy thanks Bunt for, you know, assisting her and everything. And she says she's going to go inside and talk to Ed. Um, and then she says that, oh, I, I'm sorry, Bunt's in the house. I'm sorry. And then she tells uh, Bunt that he should stay in the house. And. Inside the house, you know, Bunt's kind of checking things out and he sees a little framed pictures of Billy with his father and everything. It's kind of a little sweet, tender moment. Yeah. <clears throat> and inside, did, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I was wondering, like, when you saw that in the candles, like ne next to the photos, like that looked like something that was recently done. So, like, yeah. Maybe that was a shrine made by Ed to, like, in remembrance of his son. Yeah. I'm sure the picture still existed, but he probably just lit the candles. Like, I, this is this is going to hell really quickly. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's taken me with it. Um, which I'm not religious. I'm not, but I'm assuming that probably maybe these people are. And I'm wondering if it struck Ed that, Hey, you know what? Not only is my son taken from me in this life, 
but what I've done now is going to cause me from being with my son and my wife in the afterlife. And that's weighing very heavily on this man's doomed soul. Yeah. And not only that, like he thought it was going to be like Pumpkinhead would take care of business and he didn't have, you know, his hands would be clean, but he actually, you know, through Pumpkinhead, he witnesses like the deaths of these people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, it, you know, yeah. It's, it's not what you think it's going to be. No, folks. it's not. Yeah. So Tracy is still trying to explain that it was an accident and Ed's still not having that, but he's like, I'm, you know, nothing could call it off, but I'm going to go, I'm going to send it back to wherever, wherever the hell it came from. So inside the Harley house, we see uh, Bunt sitting there on the bed and everything with the candlelight, but the wind starts to howl and we get that little uh, gypsy jump scare. Yeah. um, (laughs) Which reminded me of the muffin jump scare from Friday the 13th part two, where Amy Steele sing on the bed and then jump muffin jumps up in her lap. Wasn't there also something like that in um, Nightmare on Elm Street where the somebody's walking down an alleyway and a cat jumps out and goes. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like they were actually sitting on the bed. That's what it reminded me of. Oh, okay. That's where I was going with that. Oh, my God. You could do so many animal jump scares. But yeah, I was actually it made me think of that one because of the bed, the person on the bed. Okay. Okay. Anyway. But it was, it was not Muffin. It was Gypsy. Gypsy the bitch. Okay. Gypsy the so bitch. back at the bar, I will never forgive Gypsy ever. Okay. So back at the bar and Ed's having an attack. And outside the window leading into the Harley house, we see Pumpkins has shadow at the front door. And then he bursts through and he's got Chris with him, who's still alive. Mm-hmm. And we so get more the, blue light and like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everything. So in the interim, Pumpkinhead's just discarded Chris, who's crawling away. And in the closet, um, Bunt has chosen to hide inside there. Um, At first, Pumpkinhead looks in there and it's like, oh, I can't find him. But then, of course, he does find him. We also get that little cute scene of Gypsy hiding inside of Billy's toy box. hiding inside of the toy box, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, Which I'm like, dog, this is all on you. It's all your fault. So... Back at the barn, we get the eye reveal that Ed's becoming this creature. He's not just linked with it. He's actually taking on uh, physical uh, manifestations of this. Mm-hmm. And his eyes are starting to, to, to mimic the creatures. Uh, this, of course, freaks Tracy out. And she puts her top back on and she runs. <laughs> um, uh, so. Um, oh, yeah, that's why she point, was on her knees. OK, that makes stop sense it. now. So at this point. At this point, Pumpkinhead has got Bunt, and Tracy's now found Chris. Ed's kind of like losing control of his facilities, and he has this blowtorch, but he also accidentally stabs himself with this pitchfork that he's packing on his shoulder. Well, of course, this affects Pumpkinhead as well. So now, um, Pumpkinhead's Facially starting to resemble Ed. Right. Slash I didn't, Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> I didn't notice that like the first hundred times of watching this movie. And then last night I'm watching it and I'm like, wait a minute. Ed Harley is looking like Pumpkinhead, but Pumpkinhead is looking like Ed Harley. Exactly. So and you get that kind of scene where Ed can't quite believe his eyes because he sees what's transpiring, too, as far as, you know, Pumpkinhead mimicking his face. Yeah. facial Features. Okay, so um, he loses the torch as he's trying to remove the pitchfork and he staggers to the truck. Tracy takes this opportunity to um, torch Pumpkinhead, but to no avail. 
Pumpkinhead grabs her by the neck and Edge shoots himself in the temple, which also affects Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. Bunt approaches just as Ed. Um, oh, so Ed's fallen to the ground. Pumpkinhead's fallen to the ground. Ed's reaching for the gun just as Bunt approaches, which causes um, the pumpkin head creature to like grab him. Ed says, kill me to Tracy and Tracy fires the gun at Ed as he stands to attack. Now he falls dead and pumpkin head lets out this dying breath, which sounds kind of human, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Pumpkin head's body bursts into flames. It kind of startles uh, Bunt and Tracy and Chris is just kind of laying there all effed up. Um, then we see, we cut to the cemetery and we see that Haggis is burying what for all intents and purposes looks like pumpkin head, but it's Ed's body and he's wearing the necklace that Billy made for him. Yeah. And then the credits roll. And so with that said, I'm wondering if um, the ritual to get pumpkin head to rise is kind of like a soul swapping thing where it's like this this demon uh, of vengeance comes from hell, but it yeah. has no soul. And so in trade for like, yes. it, yeah, it, doing vengeance, it's like, okay, it, your soul goes into this and you become the servant, you know, the, the vengeance, the demon of vengeance. And where it's like the, uh, you know, the cycle just continues like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you, Rob. I totally agree with you. I I don't know why, but it makes me super sad that he's buried with the necklace that Billy made for him. Yeah. I don't know why. That makes me super sad. Well, this movie has a lot of undertones that I never noticed before. Oh, it's a very nuanced film, I yeah, feel. With this one, it's like... Be careful what you so it is kind of like a grim fairy oh, tale. It's totally like a, it's almost like the monkey's paw kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. So, Rob, did you enjoy it? Of course. This is one of my oh. favorite movies that I'll always go back to. I love this so much. Now, would you recommend it for fans of the show? For fans of the show, for uh fans get wanting to get into horror. I mean, this is one of the classics. There's a reason why it has it had a cult following and still does to this day. Mm, I love it. I love it so much. Um, now, me, I now another thing I forgot to say this. I feel that this has very strong ties to slasher films. It has a lot of slasher tropes interwoven within it. You know, it does. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love this thing so much. Uh, I would totally recommend it for monster kids out there. Uh, anyone looking for a cool creature feature to watch this, uh, spooky time of season. Um, I love this thing to me. It it feels like fall. I think it's all the leaves and everything. Um, I have a blast with this movie every time I watch it. I think this movie should be watched every October. Oh, and then some, um, now you do, I mean, you, as a parent, you know your child and what they can and can't handle. There is no sex or nudity in this thing. Um, it really is just the uh, violence and the uh, creature scares that make it an R rating. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking for kind of a, uh, you know, if you have an older kiddo 
who's maybe wanting to get into horror this and you're worried about the sexual aspects of things or the nudity there's none of that in this it really is just r for the gore and the violence you know and the scares right and there's not even a whole lot of gore it's not it's not really overdone yeah, it's not like you're getting like, yeah, like uh, it's not like a Friday 13th movie or something. Yeah, but, you're yeah, not even getting yeah. reanimator levels of gore in this. No, 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 no. It's it's pretty cool, folks. Uh, now, uh, as far as our next feature, we are coming up on another uh, fan recommendation. Um, she would like us to cover Dracula starring Frank Langella from 1979. So that's our next film. Yeah. So I can't wait to sink my fangs into that one. <laughs> I want. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I want to suck your blood. <laughs> I was going to send you this um, this YouTube clip where it's like uh, Dracula, but he's gay and he's going to his victim. He's like, I want to suck you off. <laughs> <laughs> Is it from Gay-Racula? Uh No, it's not. It's oh, just a YouTube clip. Sadly, sadly. <laughs> um, so... I think that's that for uh, our next coming movie. We are always on Instagram. If you want to reach us that way, that's me, by the way. Um, and that's at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And I'd love to hear from you. That's right. Or if you're uh, going the route of email, you can email us at mmccpod at gmail.com. And we always sincerely thank you for joining us because the more, the scarier. That's right. And until next time, we hope you stay spooky. Spooky.